Hey everybody, welcome back to Unchecked Baggage, the show where we answer all the questions that nobody's asking. Yeah, we just make up our own questions and say somebody asked us. Mm-hmm. I'm here with my co-host Rob, the man that puts up with all of my shit all of the time and still seems to really love me anyway. Well, to be fair, you do put up with my shit anyway, and it's it's worth it. All your shit's worth it. Thanks. You are so welcome. Yours is usually worth it. Usually? <laughs> say hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. Don't forget, you need to email us between now and November 4th. You've got a few days left to win Coffee with Rob and Lena. There are just a few more days left, so you do not want to miss out on this amazing opportunity. It's amazing. Amazing. That's right. You could be the owner of a customized, one-of-a-kind, unchecked baggage coffee mug and coffee to go with it if you just email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com. You can email us with a question that you'd like us to answer, a topic that you'd like us to research and weigh in on, or just feedback on the show. We'll keep your name anonymous unless you specifically tell us that it's okay to use your name. I agree with all that. I'm glad. Now, let's get on to today's topic. This is part two of our episode on cheating. This is the one where we get into the good stuff. So last episode in part one, we discussed what is cheating? What is cheating? What are the effects and consequences of cheating? What are the effects and consequences of cheating? Why do people cheat in general? Why do people cheat in general? Who is cheating? Who is cheating? And once a cheater, always a cheater? Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. (laughs) In this episode, we're going to cover the following. One, we're going to break down the whys of cheating on men versus women. Two, personal stories of infidelity. And three, what can you do to safeguard your marriage from infidelity? Yeah, this is going to be a tough one here, this episode. Yeah. Because I'm not going to look very good. Well, I I don't think you don't look very good very often, so you should be used to that. (laughs) True, 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 true. true, true. (laughs) All right. So, uh, ladies first. I found an article on Brides.com called 12 Reasons Women Cheat, According to an Expert. Men and women nowadays, according to this article, now we did see some other statistics that are a little bit different, but, you know, we're working with what we found. Yeah. Um. Men cheat at about at, at the rate of about 23% versus 19% for women. Now, what was very interesting to me is that the percentage of women that cheat rose 40% from 1990 to 2010, and men's rate stayed about the same. I wonder why that is. Why 1990? Well, I have a, a quote here that will tell us why. Okay. Quote. Quote it. The gap shifted when women went to work and had their own money and choices. With choice comes easier dissatisfaction, explains marriage and sex therapist Angela Skirtu-M-E-D-L-M-F-T. <laughs> Wait, didn't LMFT do a song, Party City or something? They, they Now they're therapists? <laughs> we also expect a lot more out of marriage now. Before marriage was a vehicle to raise your family and be taken care of financially. Now we expect happiness, good sex, best friends, and more out of it. We put a lot of pressure on marriage when it wasn't originally designed to meet all of your needs. That's a lot to ask for. Yeah. Happiness and good sex and best friends. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. That is a lot to ask for. Yeah. No wonder we're cheating. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find all that in a man. It is. Some of us are luckier than others. (laughs) The reasons why women cheat. Number one, dissatisfaction in the relationship. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. I think that's why everybody cheats. Is that some sort of dissatisfaction? Not just women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of the time. Yeah. There are other reasons. Number two, low Mm self-esteem. That's a big one. Yeah. Number three, emotional starvation. Oh, I remember those days of emotional starvation. Number four, anger or retribution. So yeah. you're pissed off at your spouse. They you, cheated first, maybe, and you weren't. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get back at them yeah. by doing it. I bet that's a big one. Yep. Number five, lack of excitement. I totally get that because after you're married for a few years, if you're not with somebody that keeps it exciting, it can mm-hmm. get really boring. Mm-hmm. That's why you bring in uh, other people. <laughs> I, I guess that's the answer <laughs> for some. 
Start swinging if you need some excitement. Number six, sexual deprivation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's got to be a big one, right? Number seven, loneliness. Number eight, insecure attachment style. And I didn't quite totally get that one. Uh, so I've got a quote here. Um, quote, attachment theory suggests that early childhood relationships influence how we perceive and behave in our intimate relationships as adults. Depending on the care and nurturing or lack thereof that one receives as a child, they'll fall into one of three attachment styles as adults. Secure, having well-adjusted expectations and approaches to relationships. Anxious, exhibiting fear and abandonment. Or avoidant. Preferring to retain their independence from others. So just not being a professional or anything. If you are in, when you're a child, if your parents get divorced a lot, then you'd probably be the anxious one. Anxious, right? The fear of abandonment. If your, if your mom or dad got divorced all the time. Probably. And if, and if your parents were in a stable relationship, you think those people cheat less? Mm, I guess they cheat less for these reasons. There might be other reasons why they would cheat, but Mm, yeah, probably don't have an insecure attachment style. People who identify with anxious and avoidant attachment styles are more likely to display characteristics that interfere with a healthy romantic relationship, like clinginess and dismissiveness. Moreover, they're more likely to cheat as they seek out reassurance from a third party partner or attempt to avoid the intimacy of the primary relationship. So from this article, quote, there's always a sense of what's on the other side and never fully being happy or secure with oneself. Oneself explains Skur to the LMFAO or whatever. <laughs> quote, this type of person may struggle to be happy in any relationship. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff from your childhood, you really need to go to therapy, get through some of that stuff before you drag yeah, that baggage yeah, into a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You do. I know. I'm, I agree with you. Oh, I thought I you had were. a shitty childhood. I'm glad your mother doesn't listen to our podcast. Well, if she does, she knows I had a shitty childhood. She was there. She should know. Number nine, midlife crisis. Some people buy a Corvette. Some people cheat. Mm. Number 10, an underlying condition. So like depression or self-medicate. So like depression where you're self-medicating with the affair. Mm -hmm. Number 11, opportunity. So I think we talked about that last time, how some type of cheating is just like opportunistic. Like like you, you walk in and you slip and fall and your penis goes into the girl's vagina. That's, you know, opportunity. Mm -hmm. It was totally accidental. You didn't mean to trip and fall. But, you know, while you fell, you happen to land in a soft spot. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And number 12, numbing difficult feelings. I like to numb my feelings. With sex? Usually a stiff drink. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'd rather you numbed your feelings with sex. That would be beneficial for me. So why don't you tell us what statistics you found, Rob? Okay, so I I found an article, statistic to... Statistics on how many married women cheat. Okay. So mine says that approximately 13% of married women reports cheating on their spouses. Hmm. Okay. Women ages 18 to 29 appear slightly more likely than men to cheat on the same age to be guilty of. Women ages 18 to 29 appear slightly more likely than men of the same age to be guilty of infidelity in a marriage. So 18 to 29, that's when women are really frisky. Okay, so so women are more likely to cheat than men at that age yeah, group, in yeah. that age group. Yes, that's what I said. That's a pretty big group. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the prime group that most people want. Married women report the, the their highest rate of infidelity in their sixties. Wow! Because they know they're about to die. Probably those are probably the ones that go out for the younger men. Wow, old ladies Mar- get yeah, it on. Uh-huh. Married women are about fifteen percent more likely to report having an emotional affairs than men. Yes, because women. Have feelings, <laughs> and they use their feelings before they get sex. Where men don't care about feelings as much when they want to have sex. Women want emotional attachment. So I could, I can, I would be shocked if that was more men than women on that one. Mm-hmm. So, do you think usually whenever those women are having the emotional affair, it's usually like a one-sided thing where 
the woman that's a part of that affair is more emotionally invested than the man. You you mean in the in their relationship or the, with the, in the cheating? In the cheating. So let's say I'm cheating on you mm-hmm. in an emotional affair mm-hmm. with some other dude. Mm-hmm. Do you think that I'm more likely to be more emotionally invested in it than the other dude? Yes, because from my experience of, as being the other dude, you are given that one, you're given the woman what she wants. So if you know she wants to have an emotional affair, your way in is to be friends first saying, oh, I just want to be your friends. Just talk to me about anything. Okay. That's what you do to get their guard down. And then you wedge your way in that leads to sex. So the other man knows what the problem is in their marriage because the woman's probably telling him, Hey, my wife, my husband never talks to me. So you talk to them. My husband never does this. So you do that. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you have a special bond. It's fake probably for most part because the men are doing the emotional fair part just to get the physical part. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk now about my. Yeah. Let's talk my about your story. Yours. Let's talk about my bad story. Girl. You're a bad girl. <laughs> so I was married pretty young and, uh, I had a lot of kids. <laughs> so seven. I don't know. I already had one child when I, when I first got married, because I was a single mom for a while. And then I got married and then had three more children pretty quickly, because two of them were twins. Um, and then uh, the last one was a, a big old surprise to us. So, um, yeah, so I had four kids and um, a really awful, really awful marriage. It was It was really bad, you guys. I don't even know how to tell you how bad it was. I can I ask can I ask questions while you go? Yeah. So this marriage that you got into, were you did you get into the marriage so you could have some help raising your previous child or or you I mean were you tired of being a single mother? Was that most of it or I, was no, this actually an attachment at first? I don't think it was I, I don't think it was that I wanted help raising my kiddo because uh, I think I was doing a pretty good job there. But, um, I was, I was always really insecure growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. I just was an insecure person. I don't even know why, because I look back and I'm like, like I made good grades. I was in sports. I, um, you know, had friends. So it's not like I was some weirdo little loner or anything. I just, you know, I had like a very normal life, I think for the most part. Uh, I mean, we moved around a lot, but I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but anyway, but I was just um, kind of insecure, I think. Um, and a lot of that, I think, was due to my size. Um, going Growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty tall for a woman. And um, growing up, I always felt like I was humongous. I look back at pictures, and I was not humongous. I was very athletic, like very, very athletic, um, but way bigger than all the other girls. And I think that really, like, took hold of, you know, just my perception of myself, uh, really, really early on. So I just ended up growing up with a lot of insecurities for whatever reason. And Mm -hmm. I think this first marriage was, um, that I found someone that really seemed to like me for me. And, um, I really just, you know, loved the attention. And so at first it's not a terrible marriage never starts off as a terrible marriage, you know, I mean, it started off. Um, like as a pretty normal relationship, even though like I look back and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing with that guy? You know, I mean, like (laughs) I could do better. (laughs) You did, you did do better. (laughs) Eventually I did, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what possessed me to fall for that guy besides the fact that he gave me the attention that I craved. And so I got into that marriage and it turned out just so bad. I mean, he, he was just not, um, I mean, I was really young, so I, I probably, I mean, I don't know. I tried to be the best wife that I possibly could, but eventually it just got to where he never touched me. Like he didn't like want to have sex anymore. Like, I mean, and that wasn't a normal thing. I mean, like in the beginning it was like sex all the time and then it just got to be nothing. And eventually it just got to be no, um, no affection at all. And so I remember you told me one time that you counted the days yeah. That he touched you. How many days did you say? I think it was.
was like two weeks. I actually put it on a calendar and I would like mark down the days because I'm a really kind of scientific person. And I thought, well, this, I think this isn't normal. Cause I mean, things creep up on you in a relationship, right? Where it's like, things are good. And then something is not good, you know, a little thing, but the other things are still pretty good. So you're like, okay, whatever. I can overlook that. But then eventually it gets to where there's just like not very much good. And then, and it, it, but it just takes a long time to get there. And we were together for quite a while. So it took me a while to get to that point of, of feeling like maybe this isn't normal. And so I did, I, I, you know, counted the days between, between physical touch. Like I'm talking like, like, brushing up against each other or a hug or anything. There was like no touch. And you slept in the same bed. Yeah. No touch for two weeks. And then that's whenever in my mind, I was like, okay, yes, this is not a normal situation. It's almost like I just had to like prove it to myself that this wasn't normal. Right. And so I guess justify whatever your actions are going to be after that of, Hey, he hasn't touched me in this many days so that you have it fresh. Right. So whatever you do, you can say, this is why. Right. And I think, I, I think a way long time before I actually had an affair, which is what we're leading up to with this story. Um, before that, I decided that I needed to get divorced, but I was a really young mom with four kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did make more money than he did, but I didn't make enough to completely support us without having to sell the house and move into, you know, maybe like a little apartment or something like that. And I didn't want to do that. Um, that's the problem. I think that. A lot of women have or had back then is the, can I do this by myself? You know, because mm-hmm. it's not easy. No, it's not. No. Especially with four kids. Do you right. know how, how much daycare costs me back then? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We it had, was crazy. We had three kids under 10 years old or three kids under seven years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the twins were, the twins were born whenever the oldest was seven. So actually, so it would have been like. Four kids under nine years yeah, old. That's, yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, so uh, that was rough. And, and so I just couldn't financially make it. And so I was, I was all the while, you know, I'm like, okay, I need to get a divorce, but I've got to, like, plan this out, you know? I can't just just go off and divorce and, and up, you know, make a bunch of upheaval in my kids' lives. So I needed to plan it out financially. Well, I was, uh, in, in my career, I was finally gaining kind of a foothold, um, I had been going to school. I was doing online schooling, uh, you know, whenever the kids would sleep and stuff. And um, all of a sudden, I got a really big raise. Well, around the same time, uh, all this is happening, there's a guy at work that um, really gave me a lot of attention. And he was older than me. Um, he was successful. He was um, just a really nice person. And we just started off as friends. Did he know you were married? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, yeah. Whenever I first met him, I was still breastfeeding the youngest and had to like, he knew because I had to go down to the, the, we didn't have like a nursing room or anything. So I had to go down to the basement bathroom and pump every day. And so he knew that was part of my routine. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he knew I was a mom and that I was married and everything. Um, and he was just the nicest guy ever. And he was funny and fun. And so what that led to is sometimes we'd go out for happy hour, not just me and him at first, it was more like work people. We'd all go out for happy hour. And then, um, eventually, you know, him and I would just go out for happy hour. And then eventually my husband at the time had to go away on a work trip for like, I don't know, this was a long time ago, but like a month or something. Uh, he had to go to Maryland to work the whole period's kind of a blur to me. But um, anyway, during that month is whenever I cheated um, on him with this guy from work. Um, But it started off like we were just talking about as an emotional affair where um, I just, I got like the, the approval that I felt like I needed at that point because my husband, he was just really shitty and he would, he would tell me, I think he knew that I, I wasn't happy in the relationship and he would tell me things like you um, you know, you're never going to find a man. You've got four kids. Nobody's going to want you. So, and so instead of him working on what it was that he knew you wasn't happy about, he just kept telling you, um, I'm the only one that's ever going to want you. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. He would tell me things like that and just make comments on my weight, you know, because he knew that that was something that I was insecure about. But and, never said anything when you first met. Right. Like that came later. So on the part when you had an affair with your coworker, who do you think started the physical affair, you or him? Probably me. I, I was actually probably the initiator of the physical part, but only after I really felt like I was not going to be rejected, you know, right. like, he, like he never made a first move physically. He was very much, I guess, a gentleman in that, that sense. He knew, because he knew you were married. Right. And I think he, I mean, I don't think he had a moral issue with it, but I think he wanted to make sure that it was something I was comfortable Did with. Did you... I don't know if I've ever asked you this part before, but did you ever talk about how your husband was detached emotionally, you think? You know, actually, he he had a girlfriend um, that way because he commuted. Uh, he actually lived in Florida mm-hmm. and he had a girlfriend in Florida. And um, we never talked about our spouses. I mean, we or, or, you know, like I never talked about my spouse. He never talked about his girlfriend. We knew they existed, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like we didn't like I never told him bad things about my relationship or anything okay. like that. So he didn't have any idea you were in a bad relationship. I, I mean, I think he figured it out just because I was re- because I was receptive to him. But it, it, I never told him anything bad okay. about the relationship. Well, that I, I only asked that question because it goes to the whole if you have an emotional affair, what do you tell the person? To open the door for them to, yeah, move in yeah, yeah, more. yeah, and I don't. I mean, again, it's been a really long time, and I've actually gone through some things since then. So I have a whole part of my life that I don't quite remember all the details. So I might be wrong, but I really don't remember ever talking about it with him specifically. But you're sure you started the physical part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Like. Invite him over to your house, or just no, a, no, a no, kiss no. after happy hour or something. Uh, it was it, it was a kiss um, after happy hour. Yes, we did a like a, a work happy hour where several of us got together, and then him and I ended up being the only ones that were there at the end of the night. And then it was in the parking lot. I know exactly the spot. I can show it to you someday if you want. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, so that that's how I ended up. In an affair, and it was totally an emotional affair to begin with that turned into a physical affair. And I will be 100% honest with you guys, and everybody might think I'm a terrible person, but it's the best thing I ever did in my whole life. Um, how long did this affair last? Um, Not long, because I'm, I'm honestly not – I'm not the kind of person that can just be like – have an affair and then just be totally fine. Like I, I wanted out of my marriage and I don't think that had I not had the affair, I don't know if I would have gotten the courage to do it. And so that's what helped me get the courage to leave. It it was that and the financial stability that I gained with, with my career, uh, you know, get, getting a big raise. So all that happened about the same time. And so I feel like it was, the combination of those two things that gave me the courage to leave, which ultimately I'm glad about. I don't want to go into the details about it, but I found out what a terrible, terrible person my husband was later. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had done it sooner. So the person that you had the affair with, because I know you were still semi friends with him when you met me. Mm-hmm. So at the point, what point did you end the physical part and say, I, I don't want to do this anymore and just be friends. It, it never, it was never like that. It, it just stopped. Cause, yeah. Cause he lived in Florida and then he stopped working here. And so it's not, it's like, we just never saw each other. We never, you know, and then I, I ended up after my marriage ended my first marriage with actually the death of, of that husband. Um, I ended up moving on and meeting somebody else. And so it just was like, you know, I'm not going to keep, seeing somebody that's not really available when I'm available. But to go back to the emotional part, sorry, we taking too long. No, no, no. Uh, To go back to the emotional part, even after you stopped the physical part, Mm -hmm. did you still use him as an emotional crutch for a while to help you move on or to whatever? No. Well, I mean, I mean, you might call it a crutch. I don't think it was a crutch. Him and I were actually legitimately friends for a long time. Like there's, there's never been 
anything bad. Like, I can't tell you anything bad about him. He was a, a great guy, believe it or not. Um, why, and, would I, why would I not believe it? And well, because he was cheating on his girlfriend, hmm. that you doesn't know, mean he's not while a great, I was cheating on my husband. Well, there's a difference between a girlfriend and a, and a spouse. It doesn't mean he's a, he's a bad person because he cheated on his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, anyway, he, he's just, he was a really super nice guy. And the only reason that I stopped being friends with him is because you wanted me to. Is that true? Yeah. That's the only reason I stopped talking to him. Because him and I were really good friends. Oh. Hmm. I need to rethink that. Okay, I did. Yeah, it's true. So, <laughs> so well, anyway, that that's my story of my, my cheating. To be fair to me, that was kind of a, of a, you know, starting over thing for me, I guess. Like, I didn't want you to be attached to somebody that you cheated on before. Mm-hmm. Well, I get at, it. At no, no, I get it. I mean, I get it why you would be threatened by that. It would be different now. Would it? Maybe. But, because I don't think I would want you to be friends with someone that you had had an affair with. No, so, I mean, so I think it was a totally legitimate thing. Once, once you and I got serious for you not to want me to be friends with someone that I had been that intimate with. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, because it's not like we were, it's not like I had been married to him and then divorced and then we had kids and we had a reason to stay in contact, you know? I mean, that's not that kind of situation. So, I mean, I, I don't hold that against you. Because I, I considered him my equal yeah. as far as the challenge of uh, <laughs> landing the queen, you know? <laughs> so I needed to get rid of all my competition. Since I actually never met him, then I don't know, you know that part so yeah that's probably that's probably the reason why i was a little apprehensive about it that thing i yeah. hope that doesn't make me a shitty person no i i really don't feel like it makes you a shitty person and and i don't i mean like i don't have any bad feelings about it it just i mean it's not like we weren't like talking every day on the phone or anything like you know he's not somebody that you that i feel like was ripped away from me i mean our our communication at that point was already really sporadic so it's not like okay you know so it, it didn't hurt all right, so now let's talk about men. Okay. Let's talk about men. So there was an article done by the Institute for Family Studies, or IFS, so about why statistics on how many men, married men cheat. So the percentage of married men that cheat, according to that institute, is about 20% mm-hmm. reported cheating on their spouses. Okay, Men in all age groups from 30 to over 80 are more likely than women to be guilty of infidelity in a marriage. Mm-hmm. 80 like, why the hell are you cheating when you're in your 80s? Like, shit. I guess everything still has power. <laughs> now that they have uh, Viagra. Married <laughs> men report their highest rate of infidelity in their 70s. Okay? So <laughs> men cheat the highest in their 70s, and women cheat the highest in their 60s. It never balances out. Men's sex drive are younger, and women's sex drive are older. It's just, like, weird. What? Wait. No, you're saying no. You're saying men in the 70s, women in the 60s, so right, no, men I are mean, older. Right, but I mean, like, the... Men are in their peak in their early teens and twenties, sexual supposedly, and women are in their peak in thirties and forties. So that's why they don't they don't balance out like equal sex drives. I wonder what a so I wonder what the average whenever a seventy year old man is cheating. I wonder what the average age of the woman that he's cheating with is. It might be the same age. It might just be having somebody different. Maybe. I think my grandfather was ten years oh, younger 10 than years him, younger? and he was in his seventies. Yes. Wow. Yes, my grandfather had a side piece all the way till he died. Okay, black men report cheating on their wives more than Hispanic or white men. Okay. Hmm. Uh, an ongoing online survey about cheating at TAD, which I don't know what TAD stands for because I didn't write it down, shows that men are more likely to report cheating on their spouse multiple times. Married men are about 25% more likely to report having one-night stands than women because, hmm. it goes back to the point, men don't have to have an emotional attachment to cheat. Go out to drinks, cheat, bam, you're done. Yeah, that makes sense. So here are some of the most common reasons men cheat. Okay. The first one is an ex walk back into their picture. So basically what that's saying is you had an ex, the ex comes back. You forget the reason why you broke up with them, but you remember how good the things were. Have sex with them a couple of times. Then you remember how crazy they were and you dump them. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other reason is he wants out. Like he just cheating because he doesn't have the balls to end it. So he's hoping he'll get caught so that the person will divorcing yes i think a lot of men do that because i don't think i mean from what i've read and we actually might have this in the notes somewhere but uh, men are 
less likely to initiate a divorce than women, mm-hmm. but they're way more likely to cheat. And right. so I think that, yeah, part of that reason or part of the reason for cheating is just because they want to get out of the marriage, but they're, they don't have the cojones to do it. And then another reason is poor judgment and willpower at fault. Okay. So like you get drunk or you have opportunity, uh, you're at a party or, or happy hour and everybody's gone. You're just sitting there with one hot chick and then the hot chick kisses you and bam, sex in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, we really love being called chicks. Okay. Just saying. Some chicks do like to be called chicks. Okay. <laughs> anyway. okay. His needs aren't being met, so he's not getting enough sex from his spouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's usually what it is. Is it? Mm-hmm. Or is, are all of these equal contributors or are these? Yeah, they're just some reasons. They're okay. not really, I didn't put them in order. Sorry. These are not in order. Okay. So I'll just, I just put them in there. Okay. And <laughs> so this one, I giggled at when I first read about it. So he's, um, he's having erection problems. Okay. So he cheats. And I thought, well, if you're having erection problems, how can you cheat? But what it is is basically the man blames his current partner for his erection problems. So mm-hmm. to prove that it's her fault. He goes out and cheats. So I can get an erection with this person, but I can't get an erection with you. So obviously it's your fault, which it couldn't be. It's way more than that. It could just be that person is new. You get a little bit more excited. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, you get the blood flowing. Bam, sex, bam, sex. Okay? <laughs> but I'm guarantee you after four or five, six, seven times when it's not as exciting anymore, when you start feeling guilty, you're going to have the same erection problems. I wonder if those are the guys that have like if the serial cheaters, you know, they're like, okay, that one's not exciting anymore. Now I got to go on to the next hmm. one. As a serial, as a former serial cheater, yes. Then it's, it's some of it is the excitement. You of, had erection problems? No, 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 no. Hell no, I never had erection problems. <laughs> but the part about the the excitement of it is this is somebody new. Bam. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's that's a lot of. It. I didn't do it because I had erection problems. That wasn't my problem. My I was about to I, say, I wasn't aware of that problem. My but. problem is I can get erections like that. Okay. You're sweating, <laughs> erection. You're in pain, bam, sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you upset about something, honey? Are you crying? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That are turns me on so much. I have an erection. Oh, you just touched me with your finger. I have an erection. <laughs> All right. So mainly it could just be that he's an ass. Okay. Maybe he just doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a, he's unafraid of the consequences of getting STD, or he's getting some, or getting somebody pregnant, or getting caught. He's doing it because there's nothing you're doing about it. He's cheating, getting caught, and you don't do anything. He's just going to keep cheating. Mm-hmm. So, cheating ass. Yes. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and tell us your personal story? Okay, well, mine is not as. Uh, Concise. Concise <laughs> or condensed as yours because I am a way shittier person than you are. No, it doesn't no, no, have anything no, no, to do with no. being a shitty person, babe. My um, entire teens and until I was 50, all I did was cheat. Like I cheated and cheated and cheated and cheated and cheated. Everything, every reason that you gave is me. Even, 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 so I got married at 19. Okay, way too young. That's really young. And when I look back on the reason why I got married, it's mainly because my ex-wife was the first woman or first person that made me wait for sex. Like we went three or four months before she gave me sex for the first time. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. This person, you know, she's different than all the others, different than all the others. But. Even during that time when we were dating, I still had somebody else that I was trying to have sex with that I didn't have sex with either mm-hmm. because of other circumstances. So looking back on that, I'm just like, that was probably not even the good start to a relationship. So anyway, we, we have a kid. Right. So it's not like it was, it was just all her like, Oh God, I'm so in love with this person. It's just like, Oh, she didn't give me sex. Right. She must be special. But to me, back then, because of all my childhood trauma, to me, that was that was love to me. Like I didn't really know what love was. I didn't. Right. You know, I wasn't an emotional uh, midget. <laughs> so, like, I was stunted. Min- I was stunted mentally. Like, I didn't have any idea what love was or anything. Sex was love for me. I think, I think the politically correct term would be a 
a an emotionally a, an emotional little person. Whatever. Okay. So we have a kid. We get married. Even even Wait, you got married and then had a kid, not the other way. Well, around. we got married because she was pregnant. Oh, basically, yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So when we got married, we okay. probably got married anyway. Um, even before we got married, I moved to Texas. She stayed. She stayed in California, but I knew I wasn't ever going to see my kid. So I was like, "Come to Texas." She came to Texas. And even when she was in California, I was cheating, but not sexually. Because before I actually cheated, when we got married, I worked my way up to it. I had a couple of people that we started to have an affair, but we never finished the affair. Either I got caught or it just fizzled out. There was nothing physical. It mm-hmm. was kind of not emotional, really. It was just like mostly from work people. Yeah. Because so I you spent were a lot kinda, of time at work. Kind of working your way up to that. Right. Yeah. So uh, I can't even tell you uh, that I went more than a year without cheating. Wow. We were married for 20 Eight years. That's a long time. And I can't, maybe there was a point where it was maybe, maybe, okay, maybe three years at the very beginning where I didn't have sex with anybody else. But after that, it was probably no longer than a year. Like I was a terrible, terrible husband. (laughs) Like it wasn't even... It wasn't really even anything, all that stuff that you say that people want to have an affair, that wasn't even the reason we want to have an affair. I just wanted to have an affair because I just needed to have some excitement or I just needed to prove to everybody what a good lover I was. Like I could just be at a, at a like one time I was at a Walmart, chick in front of me. Okay, sorry, not chick. Girl in front of me turns around and says, hi. We started talking. One week later, we're having sex. Wow. And that was it. Just once. Bam. Like, no, most of my affairs are one time only. I, I think, so off of that list that we were talking about earlier, about why men have affairs, mm-hmm. uh, or that might have been on the women's list, low self-esteem. I think that may have, it sounds like that may have played into it, because you needed an ego stroke. You I know? didn't have low self-esteem. I think it's the opposite. Yeah? I think I was so... I think I was so full of myself mm-hmm. that I didn't care about the damage that I did to any, anybody around me. Like I needed what I needed. Oh, so okay. like major narcissism. Narcissism. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't care. Like I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I didn't care. I knew I had kids at home. And you know what it does when you, when whenever you cheat on your spouse and you get caught, you get caught. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to talk to your kids about cheating on their mother, your relationship with your kids is never the same. Right. Oh. Well, that's really, but you know, did that, that didn't stop me. I didn't, Oh, I'm never going to cheat on your mom again. Never going to cheat. Cause I, everybody's crying. And Why sad. did you have to talk to your kids? Because um, that's something the kids should never be a part of. That's true. But that was part of my penance. You know, she's like, you're going to tell the kids you cheated on me. So I said, okay, I'll tell them. Oh, and, you know. sounds a little child abusey to yeah, me. Well, they were teenagers, but. So you would think having to do that would, it would, um, it would stop the cheating, but it didn't stop the cheating. Like, and then there was, uh, I'm not the only one that cheated. She cheated also, mainly because I cheated first. The side effect of that was, she cheated and got pregnant, but we didn't know for sure if it was mine or his. So we had to make, we had to make the decision of you want to have an abortion or not have an abortion. So we had to have an abortion because, you know, women cheat, they have more consequences if they get pregnant. Right. Men, I don't care. Like what am I, you know, I have no consequences at all. The only consequence I have is with whoever I'm with at the time. Well, but I mean, there actually are consequences because you have a responsibility to that child for the rest of your life, financially, emotionally, all of that. Right. But if, if you're a decent person. If you're a decent person. I wasn't a decent person at the time. I think you are a decent person. Well. And I think had you had a child from any of your affairs, you, you would have. Oh, no, no. I didn't mean it that way. I mean, I would have took care of him, but I don't have the consequences of 
of going to my spouse and saying, uh, I'm pregnant. I'm not sure if it's yours or not. Oh yeah, that's true. So, so my, my affairs have morphed into, I need to have an affair. I need to have sex with whoever I see because I'm a shitty person. I need to have sex. I need to have sex. I don't care what happens to my wife. Get caught. So I'm not ever going to do it again. Stop for a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the trust is broken. So she stops working because if she works and I'm working, she can't keep an eye on me what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. she doesn't work. So after a while, she's not making any money. I'm making all the money. So then the stress of me making all the money to support the family makes me cheat because I'm saying she's not working. I need a release. She's not giving it to me. I'm going to cheat because she's not working. Wow. So it was like a circle of which it's all my fault. Like I started the whole, the whole circle. Mm-hmm. And then after probably year 16 or 17, I started thinking, you know what? I don't even care if I get caught, I get caught. So you were just not emotionally invested in the relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she probably knew I was cheating and there were times when I would leave and we'd get separated, but I would always come back. So every time I left her, she would assume he's going to be gone for a little bit, but come back after that's a lot. Okay. So that's a long time to be in a relationship like that. That's so volatile. Mm-hmm. Two questions. Why do you think she stayed and why did you stay? She stayed mainly because she didn't really have any family here or she didn't have any family here. And I was the main supporter. Like she, Mm -hmm. there's no way once we had three kids that she could have made it on her own. So she stayed because of that. Yeah. And she probably deep down inside loved me way more than I loved her. And she probably thinking, Oh, I can put up with this because I did what I thought a man was supposed to do at the time. And we always had food. Everything was always paid. We had a place to live and all that stuff. My, so I I think that's why she stayed. And the reason I stayed is this. Another stupid, selfish reason is because I don't want to pay child support. That's mainly it. And I'm thinking if I can cheat, get caught, she doesn't leave me. And I can just keep cheating. But there was a, the best of both worlds. But there there was a long time, though, after the kids were grown, where you wouldn't have had to pay child support, where y'all were still together. So why why was that? I mean, even after after all the kids were grown up and gone, why were you still together? Because there's a big age difference. So the last kid is seven years younger than the oldest. Mm-hmm. So by that time where the child support would stop is mm-hmm. when... I decided that that was it. But it still took you a few years after that. Yeah. For no more selfish reasons is one reason is because of all the cheating that I did and how I was hating myself for all the stuff that I did that I, but I didn't stop because sexual gratification is like my thing. Then I was probably a sex addict. After and I look back on it. That's actually what I was going to say earlier, and then we got off on to another subject. I mean, it it sounds to me like, and and of course, you know, I'm pretending to be an interviewer here, but I know you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're a sex addict. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, which is fine at this point in your life because I think I mean you're or you're older now, and you're uh, I think mostly satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. You know, you were a sex addict and maybe had you gotten some counseling like way, 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 way at the beginning of your relationship about it, you might have had a different outcome. Could have been. I mean, I did some terrible things that I feel bad about. And I when it got to the point where I was like, okay, everybody's getting to the age where I don't have to worry about child support anymore. Then it was, do I want to live by myself? Mm -hmm. Can I actually I didn't even enjoy my own company. Because I realized all the bad things that I did, that I have to be in a room by myself and think about that 24 hours a day. So that's when, but I did decide that um, I didn't need to leave for the betterment of everybody because it wasn't fair. 
I did a lot of stuff that was selfish. I knew that if I stayed any longer, she would get more shit from me because after 30 years, they get half automatically. Nothing you can do about it. So that was some of it. Some of it was finally where I got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And I got to the point where I wanted her to be able to move on. And it justified, it made me feel a little bit better that I did it finally to stop the circle of my mental abuse to my spouse. Um, so the point of this and me telling you this is that the, the, one of the persons in the, in the relationship can be not do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person that's cheating is just cheating because they are just a terrible person or they have underlying issues. They're a sex addict, whatever. Um, but the thing is, if you catch them cheating and you let it ride, then you can expect them to probably cheat again. Right. The consequences need to be either I don't put up with cheating, period, and you leave them, or it's okay, I understand. But in the back of your mind, know that there's a chance they're going to cheat again. Now, not everybody's going to be like me where they're so narcissistic that they – that the thought of somebody just saying something nice to them leads to having sex with them. Mm-hmm. But um, know that uh, if you let them get away with cheating, they're probably going to do it again. So don't. I think there might be a middle ground here because I know that there are some relationships where there has been an infidelity and the two people both work on their relationship and it gets better and stronger. I know that that has happened. Oh, it, it, it has. Um, so I th- but I think that it has to be like a very concentrated effort between both of the people in the relationship to make it better and to fill whatever those gaps were in the relationship, you know, either uh, whether it was a gap with the person, you know, just personally because they needed, you know, whatever it is that they needed, that validation from the, the affair or if there was an actual gap in their relationship where, you know, one person wasn't being satisfied in one way or another, sexually, emotionally, whatever. Um, I think if both people, you know, if, if it happens, it comes out, I think you can work on it. If, mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship, if you're in a relationship that is mostly good. We, we never did counseling together. I did counseling to try to help me with the whole, why do I cheat? Because I didn't really know why I cheated. I'm just like, I don't want to cheat. Like I, I really want to be faithful to my wife because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because I know what the pain it causes when everybody, they find out that I'm cheating. They look at me differently. Like this is not how you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be, we're supposed to be comfortable and trust you. Now it doesn't break the, just the wife's, the spouse trust. It breaks your, the kids trust in you too. That's the most painful part, really. Right. Like the spousal part, that's, that's one thing. But when your kids look at you differently, that hurts. Yeah. So I went to counseling and it helped me here and there, but still I did counseling. I wasn't a hundred percent into the counseling. I just said, I'll go to counseling because if I tell her I'm going to counseling, she'll get off my case. Like, Hey, he's trying to work on it. But when you go to counseling and you don't want to get fixed, you just talk about things you want to talk about. You don't let the counselor dig into what it is that's deep inside of you. That's the reason why you're cheating is right. So another part of this is if you, if you are cheating, you catch your spouse cheating and they say, I'm going to counseling needs to be counseling together. Because counseling by themselves is only going to be what they say. Yeah. I can tell my shrink whatever I wanted to say. Right. And. And they think you're doing fine. And I, and I, and another thing is I never saw them more than three times. Oh. I saw like six or seven counselors after the third time. I'm like, okay, they're getting a little bit too personal. Back off. Cause I want to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm a shitty person. No, stop I need, saying that. No, babe. That's what it is. A person. That cheats like that is not a good person. Somewhere inside, something was broke. Okay, I got it fixed. I know what it what it was. But somebody that 
does that to somebody deep down inside is not a good person at the time. Okay. Nobody does that and really doesn't even feel bad about it until later when they look back on it, like how shitty they were. Yeah. You know, I know that you love me and you don't want to see me as a shitty person, but I was a shitty person. I was a terrible, terrible husband. And I was a terrible just per- I didn't give a shit about anybody but myself. Just gratification is all I wanted. But the good news is, dear listeners, that there is redemption. There is redemption, yes. <laughs> even me. Maybe you can turn your life around. Like, I don't even have... So, you know, some people think of cheating as like being an alcoholic or whatever. You know, you have the urge to drink. I don't even have the urge to cheat. And it was just, I got to a point in my life where I realized I can't spend the rest of my life like this. I need to be in a healthy, satisfying relationship with with somebody. There's a reason, there's something that I need to fix. And somehow, counseling with deep questions, meeting the right person that understood me and that I could talk to and say all the things that I did in my past and didn't look at me like, Oh my God, I got to get away from you. I think some of that's helped me also because you're like, you're like, um, the female version of me as far as understanding being wanted Mm -hmm. and, and it's not that I wasn't ever wanted by people. It was a physical, but there was something missing and you were the thing that was missing. So I don't even, I don't even have the urge. Like I, there's cheating, cheating on you is not even anywhere around me. So for the people out there, you don't have to always be a cheater. Yeah. I think that, um, I think once you're, if you're ever lucky enough to meet your person, the one that really is your match, then I think that's when, if you're a person that tends to cheat or whatever, I think that goes away mm-hmm. when you're in a relationship where you have that satisfaction, um, mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, to piggyback on that, I think some of it is having, um, the relationship be on the same level as far as if this person leaves me, do I care? Okay. So I don't want you to, I don't want to lose you. And I know that, you could find somebody better because you are equal or better than me. So I have the fear of you cheating because I don't feel that I'm worthy of you. And when the person, when, whenever the, the dynamics of relationship is one sided, the person that has all the power, that's the person that can cheat. If both of you have equal power in the relationship, as far as feelings and sexual needs and all that stuff, there's usually no cheating because each person is knows that the other person could leave. Um, if that makes sense. But when one person has all the power and can leave and the other person knows that, so they let them cheat. Mm-hmm. Then that's when everything gets turned upside down. Yeah. I feel like we're pretty equal. Mm-hmm. We are at like 50 something minutes. So I'm afraid that this episode is going to go too long. So we're going to move on to the next part, okay. which is what can you do to safeguard your relationship from infidelity? I think we can all agree that the effects of infidelity in a re- marriage are rarely ever good. Right. Right. So I found an article on imom.com called four ways to protect your marriage from infidelity. Um, let's see. Number one, make a commitment towards growth. This one is all about having happiness within your marriage. Quote, in order to find out what your relationship needs, ask your mate, what is something that I could do that would cause our relationship to grow? End quote. Oh, wait, no, that's not end quote. It's end quote number one. (laughs) I encourage you to begin making a list of specific things and pick one of them to do on a weekly basis. End quote. (laughs) End quote. Yeah. So, you know, make, make a a commitment toward your relationship and making it grow. Relationships take work. I know I've said that before, but they, they actually do take work and you have to put some work into it in order to have it grow and not be stagnant. 
Number two, becoming aware of your choices. It helps to, instead of rationalizing, like, what's wrong with this choice? You need to reframe it as what's right with this choice. So if you're doing something that you can't say that there's something right with it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. Number three, draw a line and then stay a safe distance behind it. So that line could be different for, for different people, but you know, maybe your line is that you don't, um, you don't meet up for happy hour with, with a person of the opposite sex or whatever sex it is that you find attractive. Or if you're Mike Pence, you don't have, you don't have lunch with a female by herself. Yes. Yes. Because who could resist Mike Pence? (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of that song from the, we went to Austin this weekend and there was a, a lady at, uh, the hole in the wall, um, bar that we were at. Yeah. And she, that's the, that was an actual name of it. The hole in the wall. Yeah. I think her name was Jenny parrot Yep, and she has a song about Mike Pence. So it was kind of funny and I didn't quite understand the whole thing, Right, but I loved her voice. So yeah. look her up anyway. Number four, become accountable to someone, have a trusted advisor regularly as you, did you compromise your standard last week or have you been getting your emotional needs met from someone other than your mate? So like a friend? Yeah. So like, somebody that won't let you cheat. Is that what right, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Either a friend, maybe you're religious. You, uh, you, you have a pastor that you talk about. Maybe you're a counselor, just somebody that you can talk to that'll keep you kind of accountable. My friends, if, were their, my friends were my, were my excuse to cheat. I would say I'm with my friend, but I would be cheating. Oh. So, but yeah, you need a friend to, you need somebody to help you stay on the straight and narrow for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're prone to not be on the straight and narrow, <laughs> I mean, not everybody needs that. <laughs> Psychologytoday.com had an article that said there, it's called seven infidelity preventatives your marriage needs today. So let's talk a little bit about these. Discuss communication habits with the opposite sex with your spouse. Say what? Discuss communication habits with the opposite sex with your spouse. So does that mean like how they communicate? Yeah. Like, so what are you guys comfortable with? You know, are you comfortable with me texting another man or are you okay with me meeting up for lunch with a a Hmm. coworker that's male? You know, I think it depends on who it is, but yeah. Right. So you have to have those discussions. It's good to keep open communication. Okay. Okay. I see what that means. Okay. Also communicate about communication changes with the opposite sex. So new coworkers, new Facebook friends, things like that, you know, anything that might make your spouse raise an eyebrow, like, Hmm, who's that new person that showed up on their Facebook feed? That's liking all of their posts. So if I hire a new employee, that's female mm-hmm. and I get their phone number, I should say, Hey, I got a new employee named Susan. Yeah. So Susan, if you see a text from Susan, it's my employee. Yeah. Okay. And that way you're just keeping it all out in the open. You know, because maybe Susan start. Why are we using the name Susan? I don't know. That's one of our best friends. Because um, Susan likes to be mentioned a lot. <laughs> so hey, maybe, Susan. Maybe Susan at first starts texting you about work stuff and saying, hey, what do I do when a customer does this? Or I had this customer that right. said this one day. But then they might start texting you like late at night after they've had a couple of drinks and be like, hey, Rob, what do you think about? Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. Yeah. So it's good to, to. I know that from personal experience, by the way. Really? That's, Mm-hmm. Since we've been together? No, 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 no. That. Do you guys see my cat cloths coming? But out? it would be an email though. Then back then, <laughs> it was for cell phones. Yeah. Or they would call me on the phone. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, monitor who you were friends with on social media and who you text with. Quote: Consider combining social digital media accounts with your spouse, or consider deleting them altogether. No, 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 especially, no. Especially, no, no. hold on. I, I didn't say I agree with all this. Especially if this type of communication becomes an issue. I don't agree with we, this. Either. We talked about this in another episode. Yeah. If you have a Facebook account or, or Instagram or account, yeah. any kind of account together, then one of the persons cheated. Probably. Just either delete the other account. But don't don't do one together. Don't don't do that. It just makes you look because everybody lame. knows. Yeah, it makes like, you look lame. Dell and Sarah, 
Okay, Dale and Sarah on Facebook. Dale or Sarah cheated and they can't be trusted. Well, Dale or Sarah needs to have not have a Facebook account and let Dale or Sarah have one and just show the other person what it is. Don't do Dale and Sarah. Where the fuck did you come up with the name Dell? I don't know. Who is named Dell? Like um, Del Monte? No, Dell. D A L E. Oh, Dale. Yeah. Dale, not yeah. Dell. I said Dell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dell. <laughs> Maybe I know somebody named Dell and Sarah. I don't know. Next, be cognizant of your nonverbal communication. Next, if you're fighting with your spouse, don't confide in your opposite sex friend. That that is very good advice. Or coworkers. I don't ever talk about our marriage. All I tell them is that you have a new job to make more money and that you make more money than me and I don't care. I don't ever <laughs> say anything. When we get into an argument, that argument stays here. I don't tell anybody. Right. Nobody. Not even Richard. Or Nathan, anything. I leave everything between me and you. Really? Everything. Yes. I don't talk to anybody about anything. Oh, sorry. Maybe Some, sometimes I'll talk to my girlfriends yeah. if something really bothers me. Well, you're talking. To, you're you're talking to a girl friend. Your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep it because I don't want to even like. I just it's nobody's business, really. Yeah. Unless they see us fighting. Maybe I'm too verbal. If they see us fighting, then that's different. Then, but you know, they have seen us fight. <laughs> well, when we do fight, Susan and Richard did one time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, avoid social comparison online. That is a good, good one. What does that mean? Uh, so you know, you see people on Facebook that, uh, or whatever. Oh, I yeah. keep saying Facebook because I'm old, and that's what I'm on. But you know, there's other stuff like Instagram. I'm there too, sort of. Look at all the um, look at all the nice things how, they post about each other. Like people yes. say about us, probably. Look how perfect they are. What a great relationship they have. Well, yeah, of course they look like they have a great relationship because it's all that they're posting. They're not going to post about their, their shitty ass argument that they just had mm-hmm. 10 minutes ago whenever they fought about who was going to take out the kitty litter. Right. You know? Right. Those, yeah. And I'm sure people look at us like that. Like, all they ever post is good stuff. I, I have seen people say, I wish I had a relationship like you or something like that. And, and to be honest, we have, we do have, we have right. the relationship that I always hoped that I could find. Um, but it's not perfect. Even that, it's not perfect. No, nothing's perfect. The right. thing is working out. If you love somebody and respect somebody enough, you work all that out. Yes. When you fight, if you're wrong, like me, I apologize. Right. Okay. We are at an hour now. So let's go on. Let's let, let's end this piece. So we talked about what you can do. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I also wanted to talk about, do it. um, do it. Just kind of like, what, what do we do? What do we do? You know, because now we have, we're actually in a good relationship, each mm-hmm. of us. Um, what do we do to ensure that there's no cheating in our relationship? You mean, what do I do to, to so you don't cheat on me? Mm, I guess, or so uh, that you don't cheat a, on me. There's a few things I do. So you don't cheat on me. One is I touch you every day. Once at least t- I touch you. Cause I know that you wasn't touched for a long time. Mm-hmm. So even at night when we're sleeping, if I don't cuddle with you, I reach over and touch you. I, uh, do nice things for you, yep. which I don't mind doing. I, um, give you attention. I let you, when you're angry at me, I'll let you be angry at me. When you are legitimately angry at me for something I did wrong, I let you vent. I don't say a word because I know I was in the wrong. I let you just. Go off on me. Don't escalate it. And it's over. And then a couple of days later, we'll have a makeup sex. So, <laughs> and I think, I think, um, I just took all the stuff that was in your previous relationships that you didn't, that you talked about, you didn't like. And I tried to make up for all the shitty relationships that you were in because that's what you deserve. So if you cheat on me after that, then you're just a terrible person. Oh yeah. yeah, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. That would be a terrible. What you, so, person. what about you? How do you keep me from cheating? How do you keep the serial cheater from <laughs> cheating? Um, I really don't feel like it's a lot of work. I mean, relationships in in and of themselves are work, but I don't I don't ever feel like I need to do things to keep you from cheating. Um, uh, the only thing I ever worry about is that your sex drive is higher than my sex drive, so I have to make sure that I like stay on top of that and i'm like okay gotta make sure having sex on a regular basis because i know how much you love it yes but even when we've gone 10 days without sex 
before that would be an issue for me. That and happened so, like one time. I'm just saying, whenever we've gone 10 days without sex, the thought, still the thought of cheating is not there because there's other things that you do for me that, okay, let me, I'll, let me <laughs> rewind. <laughs> Cause then you're going to say, oh, there's other things. I need to have sex every seven days at least. Okay. <laughs> but when we go, when we stretch it out, there's other things in our relationship that I know eventually, um, She'll want to have sex with me. It's not that she doesn't want me, that you have other stuff going on, your work, kids, whatever. You're stressed out. I understand all that now as I get older. Before, 15 years ago, I would say she doesn't want me. I need somebody that wants me. Bam, sex. Go to the grocery store. Bear off to my side piece. Have sex. Come home with groceries. Nobody ever knows. Yeah. So you think part of the reason why you don't want to cheat in this relationship is just because you're more emotionally mature? I'm emotionally mature. I can't sit here and say how shitty of a person I was if I don't fix what I did wrong before. Right. Otherwise I'm even shittier than I saying I am. Yeah. I, I mean, I just know that that's not how you handle things anymore. Yeah. And I think, uh, as far as me, like I, I don't, I, I never was a serial cheater. I think it happened because I, I was just so dreadfully unhappy and you never let me get to the dreadfully unhappy stage. They can give you what I need, what you need, not what I need, what you need. That, I mean, that, that is true. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's go on to fun facts. All right. So fun facts. I did two fun facts since this is a bear episode. So fun fact number one, men with big balls are more likely to cheat. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. I started laughing at that. It's like, why the hell men with big balls? So so you probably just now, if you listen to this with your uh, Katie, you probably just looked at Nathan's balls, didn't you? I know you did. Anyway. You probably, so you probably looked at his balls just now, right? So big balls usually mean high levels of testosterone. Okay, it might just be a biological thing. But men with these traits tend to pass on their genes more efficiently because of their increased sexual desire. That means that they naturally won't pass up an opportunity to reproduce. Wow. Men with big balls have more testosterone. Really? Uh-huh. That's what I said. Yeah. I yeah. did not know that. So all the women out there, check your men's balls. If they're big. I don't know what the definition of big balls are. I'm guessing if they're bigger than his penis when it's flaccid, it's probably big balls. He's going to cheat. Okay. I need to do some research to see what's a normal size testicle. <laughs> Maybe I have big balls. I don't know. Um, the other one is the one digit of the age might make up more likely to cheat. So basically nine. Nine, because you're going into a new decade. So as you go into a new decade, you feel older. So if you're 29, 39, 49, or 59. How old am I right or now? Or 69. You are 59. Yeah, no, this is like, oh shit. So if his age ends with a nine, you might want to watch him a little more closely. The Harry Potter series might not be the only stories with cursed numbers. Nine. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Now here's my joke to finish it. What do you call sperm from a cheating soldier? What? Dishonorable discharge ew ew I just want to say that I love you so much right now and I want to have some sexy time (laughs) I love you too thank you everybody so much for listening to us for for relationship advice or to tell us how great we are please email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com we can also be found at unchecked.baggage.co on Facebook by searching at unchecked af our twitter twitter handle is at unchecked baggage wait no it's at unchecked b-a-g-g-a-1 or search for unchecked af on instagram thank you to jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art and thanks for everyone to listening thanks to everyone for listening. listening to unchecked baggage also we have some merch on teespring do we? Yes. So you can go to Teespring. If you type in unchecked baggage, you'll see some logos and stuff you get. Um, just so you know, if you buy anything from us, we get a little bit of that money back. So um, you don't have to buy anything. I'm just saying that we do have some merchandise out there you can buy. Uh, but I'm not happy with it. So I'll tell you guys whenever it's ready to look just up. Just go buy it. It don't, looks good. Don't, don't, don't. Buy it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.